to the Start Small, Believe Big podcast. I'm Billy. I pray that this is a safe place for those desiring to find fulfillment, confidence, and peace, yet feel overwhelmed and discouraged, can find a happy place to be. What if that discouragement that you're feeling, though, is stifling what God desires to do in and through our lives? I believe as we learn and grow and serve, we can have that fulfillment, confidence, and peace in Jesus. Now, sit down, get comfy, or turn up the volume while you work out or get life done. Let's not resist that small beginning, but persist in the next thing God is calling us to do. Today, I want to welcome our guest, Chuck Perry. Chuck knows a thing or two about seeing heaven come to earth. Since giving his life to, the, to Jesus in the wilds of Colorado, sounds like a fun story, as a young man, and now as director of Bethel Healing Rooms in Redding, California, he has seen food multiplied, weather patterns changed, and countless people healed. He chronicled much of these things in his autobiography, Free Falling, which he self-published in 2011. In his latest book, Alignment, Chuck encourages believers to step out in faith so they can receive the true and full benefits that come with being a child of God. When God renews our minds and brings us into alignment with a kingdom mindset, we can be empowered through the Holy Spirit. Alignment shows us how we can live both in the word and in the spirit by encouraging us through inspiring stories of how God has worked in others' lives, Chuck shows that nothing is too hard for our God. Amen. Ultimate healing and connection with God can happen. Welcome, Chuck. That's an awesome bio you have. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Billy. You know, I like the, the title of your show because starting small, you know, all those things we want to see happen. Um, you, we want to be uh, alive, free, healed, whatever. It all starts so small. It just starts with recognizing that what he says is true. Absolutely. And he rejoices. That- exactly. He rejoices in those small beginnings, Zechariah 410, yeah. you know, and that I think is so encouraging because like you said, we want such big things to happen, healings, all of these things, but it really starts with that small mustard seed of faith, that small first step. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, tell me a little bit. I, I just love that you came to Christ in the wilds of Colorado. I have to hear that story. I, I think the listeners have to hear that story. Tell me a little bit about how you came to Christ. Okay. I'll tell you the short version. The long version is in my first book, Pre-Falling. But the short version is uh, I did not grow up as a Christian. And so I didn't, I didn't know anybody who ever spoke about Jesus or God or Holy Spirit. I didn't know any of that stuff. Never read the Bible. Um, but as a young man, I, um, I studied physics and I studied architecture at university. And, and so I saw design everywhere I looked and, um, you know, just saw the magnificent design of everything. And then um, in, this was in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, and there was a lot happening in the United States at that time, kind of like now. But <laughs> Very much, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but, there, you know, there was uh, the Vietnam War, and there were, there were psychedelic drugs, and there were gurus coming from the East. And so my life was all caught up in all of those things. And um, 
I took psychedelic drugs in high school and, and at university. And it was the first time I, I ever realized there was an invisible realm. There was, you know, something invisible that impacted this realm. And since I, I saw in physics and in metaphysics and, and in architecture and design that there is a whole design and it all impacts everything else. And so there came a time where I decided there has to be a designer of all of this, a designer of the universe. And I finally came to the place where I decided I've got to meet the designer of the universe. Whatever that takes, I want to meet the designer of the universe. And there were a lot of teachers at the time, uh, you know, gurus and different people, and I knew people going after them. But the little bit I pursued that, I thought, no, wait, there's got to be something more, more real and definitive than this. And so I actually got a cabin in the mountains of Colorado and decided I was not going to leave it until I met the designer of the universe. I love and, that. And, and I purposed I wasn't going to take any psychedelic drugs, uh, you know, nothing. Um, I was just going to stay there. And the thing that happened was it, um, it's the mountains of Colorado. It was uh, around Christmas time by the time I was fully established. And then it snows or blizzards. My car broke down. Uh, I had plenty of firewood, but I ran out of food except for oatmeal. I had a big bag of oatmeal. So I had oatmeal. Uh, a warm campfire and snow and I'm trying to meet the designer of the universe and day after day after day, nobody shows up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the interesting thing is um, the only spiritual book I had was the Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu and that's Confucianism. But in it, it talks about the excellent and the virtuous man. And so I would read about the excellent virtuous man and I'd go, I am not the excellent and virtuous man. I don't even know how to be. And so God was using Lao Tzu to bring me to the end of myself yeah. <laughs> and the need for a savior without me knowing anything about it. So I'm calling out to the designer of the universe and nobody shows up and the blizzard goes on and on and on. And finally one night it stopped and I went outside and I'm, I'm in the mountains of Colorado, no houses in sight, no lights, a billion stars in the sky. And I'm overwhelmed with the magnificence and the vastness of the creation. So I go to bed and I get up in the morning and the sun rises on new fallen snow, you know, days of new fallen snow. It was brilliant white. It was like uh, diamonds sparkling in the snow. And, and I said, you know, God, how can I know you? And at that moment, the whole cabin filled with light and it was brighter than the sun outside. And I knew it was Jesus. And I had not been looking for Jesus. I didn't know what he had to do with anything, but I knew this is Jesus. And I knelt down and I gave him my life. And I, I said the only words I knew how to say, I said, be my guru. Uh, and he yeah. wasn't even offended. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's but I, I heard something, a voice inside me, and it said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, I didn't know that was in a book. I'd never read the Bible. And so yeah. I just said, you know, the cry of my heart was then, then show me the Father. And so I went on an excursion, a journey, an adventure uh, with God for five years in the mountains of Colorado before I ever met Christians. Um, wow. 
I, I mean, what a I beautiful sight, <laughs> you know, because so many Christians can push people away with uh-huh. strict rules and strict. So yeah. what a beautiful connection of just you and Jesus. Okay, keep going. <laughs> this so, is so, good. Yeah, so it was very pure. And it was, uh, you know, I, I just felt like I encountered God in creation. And that's where I felt comfortable and safe. And as a small child, I'd gone to a couple of churches Um that were not alive at all in the 1950s. It, it, it was just totally dead. And so it never occurred to me to go to church. That was my only recollection of church. I'd never seen power or life or hope or anything, just dogma and boring. And so um, I just stayed in the wilderness with God, but I got a job working on a construction site and I would drive up into the mountains every night and hike, ba- I backpacked up into the mountains and I would just, you know, a little backpacking stove, make my dinner and lie under the stars and talk to God. And I'd ask him questions and then I'd know the answer inside. And then a shooting star would go across the sky. And, you know, I felt like all of creation was part of this you know, amazing dance with God. And so, you know, this went on for, uh, like I said, five years, but um, about three years into it, I, I realized that I wanted to grow food. I wanted to farm because living in the mountains, it's, you know, (laughs) you can eat some things, but (laughs) hard to get fat. (laughs) 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 And so I said, God, I really like to farm. And then just a, a series of miracles happened. And I ended up being given a farm in in the mountains of Colorado, an 80 acre farm. And I had a teepee by then, an Indian teepee. And I'm living in the teepee and I'm farming and growing my own food. And this beautiful blonde haired girl from Oregon came and pitched her teepee across the creek from my teepee. And that's how I met my wife. (laughs) Oh my goodness! Divine appointments, complete fulfillment, <laughs> peace and confidence in Christ without ever walking in a church. Your story is amazing. That is really How, However, I didn't know anything about, you, you know, yeah. about, <laughs> about yeah. a lot of stuff yeah. until I did. Uh, my wife and I, Linda, uh, and I started reading the Bible and then we met a group of Holy Spirit filled believers in a tiny village in, in Colorado, about a village of 400 people. And they met every Wednesday night and they had a prayer meeting. And so we were looking for people who knew God and saw things happen. And somebody told us about them. And so we showed up and here are 20 people in a little room playing a guitar. They said, we're going to worship. I didn't know anything about worshiping in song and they started worshiping and the presence of God filled the room. And, and so these people took us on a journey and explained salvation, the Holy spirit uh, took us into the word of God. We'd started reading it um, Genesis and they said, well, let's jump ahead. <laughs> wow, that's a tough, tough start. <laughs> and so they took us to the gospel of John and I went, Whoa. And so they discipled us in the, the word, the spirit, and the truth. And, and so we never had any experience of not believing that miracles happen and that everything God says is true. And it, it actually was a few years later, I met some Christians who were beautiful people, but they said, you know, those miracles and those things, they're not for today. <laughs> and I said, whoops, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So this is a ruin. 
this is a great segue into you being at the Bethel Healing Ministry, uh-huh. Bethel Healing Rooms. Tell me about that progression because a lot of us here in the United States say, oh, miracles and, and healings were for way back when. And then some of us have been blessed to be in foreign countries, in poverty stricken areas where they believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that miracles uh-huh. can happen. Mm-hmm. And you can see miracles happen and different levels of miracles. I hate to call it that way, but some are more profound. Some are more visual than others. And so I want you to really start telling us about the Bethel Healing Rooms and how you got there. And then your experiences, your personal experiences with the healings that you have seen and not seen. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, we, um, you know, we started seeing healings, you know, as soon as we were born again and, and met believers who believed. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, there you always have experiences where you don't see a, a healing. And, and so we had to come to the place where we decided that God's word was true mm-hmm. and um, everything in God's word is true and that he is the healer. And he says he forgives all our sins. He heals all our diseases. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly wherever the thief is stolen, killed, destroyed. Um, and so we had to believe that his purpose is restoration, life, hope, healing. Um, he's the healer. He told his disciples. He said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely receive, freely give. And you know, and he was the image of the invisible God. He's the perfect will of God on earth, and he healed everyone who came to him. And so we're believing that this is true. And then when we see it happen, we we just rejoice that that's God's plan. When we don't see it happen, we go, okay, my experience hasn't come up to the level of God's word and his promises, but that is still my standard of truth. And I'm never going to lower my standard to try to explain things not happening. I'm going to keep believing and keep running after it until all our experiences come up to the level of God's word. And it's through that decision that everything has changed. We see so many more healings. Still there are times I've seen hundreds of people healed of cancer and I've buried some friends of cancer. And people ask me, how do you reconcile that? Well, I don't reconcile it. I go, that's wrong. It's just wrong that they died. Um, But I'm going after the next one and the next one and the next one. And I'm not saying the person is wrong. I'm never going to blame somebody who's sick. (laughs) They're, They're sick. They need help. Um, right. we're never going to blame. We're never going to say it's, you don't have enough faith. Um, faith, there has to be faith, but if you don't have enough faith, I'll have faith for you. If I don't have enough faith, it says I've been crucified with Christ and nevertheless I live, but not just me, Christ lives in me and the life that I now live. I live by the faith of the son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. And so where my faith is weak, I'm going on his faith. And his faith is never weak. He's the faithful and true one. And so faith is important, but I'm never going to belittle or compare anybody's faith. We're going after 100% faith for all of us and we'll carry along the ones who are weak and we'll get stronger and we'll lean on the faith of Jesus. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that, that's my process in believing God for healing. <laughs> that's 
Exactly. So tell me about your book, Alignment. Your book was released in August of 2020. And I want to hear a little bit more about that book and how that came about. Okay. So um, Alignment is, is uh, it talks, it's, it's really the alignment, our alignment with the spirit and truth, you know, with the word of God and with the spirit of God and coming into alignment with, with those things, then we walk in access to everything. Um, and, uh, you know, I understand a lot of people uh, many times are, our mindset is, is based on what we see and what we experience. Right. But, but it says, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because then you can prove God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so um, I want my mindset to be renewed by what God says is the truth. So I want to come into alignment with his truth. And his truth says tons of things about us that we don't access. Mm. It's just like the Israelites coming out of Egypt. They, they were freed from Egypt. They were free. They're in the wilderness. But God said he brought them out so he could bring them in to give them the good land he promised his fathers. And so there was a land. I call it the land of all God's promises. It's like us. We've been brought out of slavery to this world and the prince of this world. But not that it wasn't just to bring us out and leave us in a wilderness. It was to bring us into all his promises. Yeah. And so the Israelites had access to all the promised land based on a promise and a gift of God. He said, you know, the good land, I promised their fathers to give them, but they wouldn't go in. Uh, you know, he brought them to the border of the promised land and they saw giants and they, saw their stature diminish in the face of giants. Well, we see cancer and COVID-19 and we see our stature diminish in the face of those. What can we do? The church, you know, we're not seeing people get healed. People are dying, whatever. And, and so we fear, but we actually have access to all the promises of God. It says, <laughs> it actually says in the word <laughs> that all the promises of God are yes in Jesus and we say amen, and God is glorified. And so um, we're running after the promises that we have access to, but when we've walked by sight, we haven't seen them. And so we many times the church has made excuses or reasons for not seeing them. And people always ask me, you know, what do you do when they don't get healed? Why isn't she getting healed? And I go, you know, some of those questions have no answers. I'm not pursuing those questions. I'm pursuing the one who is the answer, who said he healed everyone who came to him. That's and really good. Me to heal the sick, so I'm going after the answer, not the question. I believe that healing is a gift. I mean, it says it in the Bible. It's you know, gifts of healing. It's a free gift from God, like salvation, like all freedom is a gift from God. Wisdom is a gift. There's so many gifts. Joy is a gift. Um, but sometimes it's wrapped in a package that I like to call mystery. You know, we don't understand. Right. And we get caught up in the wrapping paper, but really we just need to rip through the mystery, the questions, the why, why not, why this, when, all that stuff. Just rip through and go to the promise that's inside and you'll find the gift. Yeah. And we find the more we go after that, the more 
success we see in seeing people come into freedom. That's really good. As we start heading into closing here, I want to ask the question, what are just some practical steps that our listeners can take in becoming more aligned with God, his will, and his kingdom? What are some of those practical steps? Good question. The most practical, simplest one I I teach all of our students here um, is just to recognize that he's already here. You know, a lot of times we cry, God, where are you? You know, we're like orphans. But if we believe his word, he says, I put my Holy Spirit within you. He says, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. He says, we're temples of the Holy Spirit and the spirit lives within us. Now, I love feeling, tasting, smelling, you know, seeing the, the Holy Spirit in action. But if I don't have any sensory perception of his presence, I honor him when I say, God, based on your word, I'm recognizing that you're here. And so the most foundational thing is to recognize God's already here right now based on his word, because he said so. And so when I'm facing an impossible situation, a horrible situation, facing um, sickness or disease or tragedy or trauma that is way out of my league, I don't have to find the answer. All I do is I go, oh, wait, but you're here. And I might not have felt him yet, but the moment you turn your attention to him, that's honor. That's a form of worship because I'm, I'm honoring you based on what you said. You said you're here. And so I'm going to turn my attention to you rather than the huge distraction of a worldwide pandemic. I'm going to turn my attention to you. And I, I thank you, God, that you're already here. You live in me. You're right here. And once we do that, everything changes. And then the next step is obvious. We, we want to say, well, what are you doing and what are you saying? You know, because in praying for people, somebody has four-stage cancer, I'm, I don't know how to heal them. I mean, I, I get paid for overseeing the healing rooms. I don't know how to do it. But I know the one who lives here. And I go, oh, but you're here. What are you doing? What are you saying? That's what Jesus did. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. I say what I hear him say. So when I turn my attention to the fact that he's here based on his word and begin to recognize his presence, you know, if, if I was sitting here in this Zoom room and you never introduced me or recognized me, I'd still be here, right? but you wouldn't have access to anything I have because you didn't recognize me. Right. And that's the same. He's always here. But the honor is in recognizing, well, based on your word, you're here. Now, what are you saying? What are you doing? And then we invite him to be the main participant in this adventure. So those are the basic, most practical things that we can do. Those are beautiful, though, because it is our vertical relationship before anything horizontally can happen in this world. Our vertical relationship with with digging in deeper with Jesus and knowing that it is through God's power that we have the ability to step out in faith in those small steps. And and that's really good. And I love the last one you said that seems so simple, but we often forget. Invite him. Mm -hmm. Lord, come. 
be with us, be here amongst us, you know, and, and those are the things I think that are so, so powerful. Wow. Chuck, you, I am so excited about your, your book. And I just want to thank you for being here today. And I am going to put links to your book and everything else in the show notes. So thank you so much for spending time with us, Chuck. Oh, thank you, Billy. It's been a joy. Good. <laughs> Bless you. And thank you for the listeners for joining us on this journey, adventure, joyous ride we call life. If you've enjoyed this episode, stick around for future episodes by subscribing to the podcast. And if you've been challenged to learn, grow, and serve one small step at a time, please leave an honest review. Now, let's not resist that small beginning, but persist in the next thing God is calling us to do. Be blessed, my dear friends. Until next time.